Well, good morning, Stone Creek. So glad you guys have decided to join us online with some of our staff and families in the house. And come on. And what an unusual, unusual Sunday. I wonder two weeks ago what you may have been thinking about was going to be happening today. I don't think it was on anybody's radar um, that a virus from China would find its way into the United States and kind of cause some of the uh, situations that it's caused, that schools would be moved online, that churches would be moved online, that you'd go to the grocery store and couldn't find toilet paper, um, that you would, I've never put on so much hand sanitizer in my life, and then to be told I can't touch my face is just evidence I need to touch my face, and so then my eyes are burning because of all the hand sanitizer in my eyes. But, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting time, and to speak to a room of just a few people when you're used to it being full is different. Um, but uh, we want to be sure that we keep our focus where it needs to be. Clearly, this is a time where we need to be responsible and we need to be prepared, but we do not need to live in fear. Uh, we need to see this for what God is up to and not look at it as an obstacle, but as an opportunity. And there's a lot of people that this is affecting in so many different ways, and we want to be a part of a solution. And so as we look at this message today, we're going to talk about what that can look like in the context of where we've been with this series and this initiative called Beyond. So as we get started, I'd love for you to go ahead. If you've been here for a little bit, you've got maybe a Beyond book, and I'd love for you to go ahead and grab that so that you can take some notes. Um, If you don't, no worries. You'll be fine. Just take some notes on whatever you can find there around your house or maybe at the coffee shop you're on. You can write these things on a napkin wherever you may be. But I would love to be able to just kind of pray for us and to pray for our country during this time, and then I'll get into the message. So if we could, let's all pray together. God, we're just uh, amazed and surprised at the way the events have unfolded in these last couple of weeks. And God, as we uh, move the church online and as we just continue to want to worship you and to lift up and elevate the name of Jesus, God, that we would do that in a way that's honoring to you but helpful for our communities. And God, for people who are uh, in the middle of this, for healthcare professionals who are maybe confused and wondering and trying to make great decisions, God, I pray you just give them wisdom. Lord, for our political officials, as they try to navigate uh, this virus and try to contain it and keep it uh, isolated and, and not have it spread wider, God, I pray that you'd give them wisdom, and God, give them boldness, give them courage. Lord, for those who have gotten sick over the course of these last few weeks, Lord, that you would just miraculously heal them. God, you would step into their situation. And God, I pray that in Jesus' name, you would eradicate this virus from the earth, not just from Georgia, not just from the the United States, God, but from the earth. And Lord, as we navigate this as a church, we're so excited to be able to at least look at the opportunities that you have for us. We know it didn't take you by surprise. And we're just grateful to be um, part of your children who can learn to live on mission. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, one of the things that I loved about the Hales in their video that they said was that living on mission together. I love that phrase because we love this idea of living on mission. That We just want to lock arms and we just want to make a difference. We want to make a dent in the universe in the name of Jesus. You know, over the, I got a text this morning um, uh, regarding someone who's one of our volunteers uh, and it was on the next door app and the kind of the message trail on the next door app. And someone had asked about where they could find some toilet paper because they were out. And someone said, try Trader Joe's. They had plenty a few days ago, which seems like a good solution, doesn't it? Not, not terrible. But then someone who's a volunteer in our ministry who understands what it means to live on mission said this. If you can't find any toilet paper, send me a private message. We'll be just fine with a couple less rolls. 
Like, how amazing is that? Just a small act of kindness and generosity. And then the response went on in the, in the uh, message. It said, I'm so glad to know you. And then the volunteer said, yes, just trying to shine our Jesus light right now. We're going to miss gathering tomorrow, but we'll be live streaming. So that's the kind of opportunity that we have at this time, just to make a difference. And, you know, we have been in this series called Beyond. We, we want to be the kind of people who live beyond lives. I think all of us want to know that we made a difference, that we influenced, that we impacted the world, that we did, weren't just selfish and live for ourselves, but that we did something to help other people and to help the world. And we want that individually, but we also want that as a church. We want to be the kind of church that lives beyond themselves, beyond their location, beyond here, beyond now, beyond our own lives. Now, the way that we have kind of entered into this idea of beyond as a church would be to advance now for generations to come. We believe that we want to be a church that doesn't just look at what's happening currently, but that we take steps to be aggressive, to move into the future, to, to take initiatives that are going to take us into the future for the next generation and the generation to come. You know, we know that uh, the millennial generation feels like they've been forgotten by church and the generations after them even more so. So we always want to be aggressive to move into the future. And this initiative and this circumstance of the virus has not taken God by surprise. It is amazing how today's topic had something that we had planned months ago. And even the, the uh, components of the initiative, how they resonate with everything that's happening right now. You know, one of the components is this thing we're calling Beyond Now. Beyond now. You know, we want to live, be a church that lives beyond now. We want to be able to advance with our kids' ministries, with our camps. But, but one of the components of this is actually our technology, that we want to be able to improve and advance our technology infrastructure for days like this when people like you have been driven home and can't get out, when you may be, maybe you're someone that works on Sunday and we want to be able to provide content for you off of Sunday. We know that 90% of millennials use social media. The fastest growing segment of our population using so social media is those over the age of 65. Come on. Like, that's amazing that across all generations this is happening and we need to be sure that that we move into uh, the technology advancements that we believe God has for us. And so that's going to be part of the Beyond Initiative. It's just that we want to move and we're going to also make some engagement enhancements in our building. We want to update our kids' space. We want to create some outdoor community space so that in times when maybe you do feel like you're shut in or locked in, there can be a space where you could come and you can meet God. I mean, we just believe that living beyond now is the way God has called us to have influence and to make an impact into our culture. And we want you to be a part of that. You know, as we've been looking at this journey of beyond, uh, uh, we've been looking at the journey of the nation of Israel through the book of Joshua, the eyes of Joshua. You know, Joshua was the one who was able to lead the nation of Israel out of slavery into the promised land. You know, and this is a metaphor that we have in the Bible that there are people who find themselves in slavery. And maybe you can relate. You may be a slavery to fear today. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe it's uncertainty. You know, maybe you just are paralyzed and you just feel like you're in slavery. And God always wants to move us out of slavery into freedom. And this is the story of the nation of Israel. And this is the story that Joshua is leading them into Israel, into the promised land, a place that God's prepared for them, a place of abundance. This is where God wants us to live. And sometimes, though, as we know, there's a battle. Sometimes circumstances happen where life isn't all that we planned it to be. Man, sometimes things like quarantines happen 
right? And things like sickness happens and things like confusion happens, but that doesn't mean that God's not aware. And so, so God is moving them out of slavery into freedom with a guy named Joshua. And up to this point in our, in our series, we've talked about how the nation of Israel's made it to the Jordan River, and the Jordan River is flooding. It's a huge obstacle for them, and it's full of, um, it, it's very daunting for them to be able to move past. But last week, Joey unpacked this idea that you may just take that first step, take that first step in the river, and God came through for them in a miraculous way. And today, God's going to give them a command. The very first thing that he wants them to do when they get into the promised land, the very first thing they do is they leave the Jordan River and as they gather themselves, and it's not to go and take another city, I mean, it's not to set up camp. The first thing that God tells them to do is to remember. Man, God tells them to remember. You know, in the Bible, this word is used 168 times. More than believe, more than joy. God tells people to remember. And here's what God knows. God knows that how we remember, God knows that how we remember determines how we respond. God knows how we remember his faithfulness. God knows how we remember his goodness. God knows how we remember the way he's treated us in the past and the way he's come through for us. It determines how we respond. Now, like, here's a little example of this. Imagine some of you ladies have, uh, man, you've had babies. Like, how many of you ladies have had babies? Raise your hand. Some in the room here. Some of you online, raise your hand. Now, now, here's what I understand from having babies. I've never had one, so I don't know. I claim no personal experience with this. But, you know, it is obvious, though, if you've ever been in the room where a child's born, there's some pain involved, right? Come on. Like there's some pain that's involved. And what happens over the course of a year or two is that that pain, the memory of that pain begins to fade so that you want to have another child. You know, if you wake up every day remembering that pain, you'll never want to have another child. But, but if that memory fades, so, so we need to remember what God has done for us so it, we'll know how to respond in the future. You know, if we remember what God has done, if we remember what God has done, we'll trust what God will do. You know, even in the middle of this circumstance, if we remember what God's done in our past, we will trust what God will do, and we can't forget that. And so Joshua is told by God to remember, and he does it by setting up, by marking the moment with this memorial he's going to set up. So in Joshua chapter 4, let's take a look at a couple of these verses. Joshua says this, God tells Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe, take a man and command them, saying, take 12 stones from out of the middle of the Jordan. Now, remember, God had dried up the Jordan. And so they're going back in now. They've crossed over. They're going back in to grab 12 stones from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. So they're going to take 12 big stones. They're going to carry them across to where they're going to sleep, and they're going to put them in a circle so that they'll always remember. They mark the moment. Now, we know some things about marking moments in our culture. Like, for instance, you know, when you're a kid, you get a trophy, you know, some of us got trophies because we won something. Some of us got trophies because we just participated. Not saying that's bad, just saying we marked the moment. You know, sometimes maybe you got a diploma when you graduated from high school or college. Maybe you put, turned the tassel over on your mortarboard. There was some ways that we tend to mark the moment. Like, why do we do that? Why are we so big on marking the moment? Well, well we, see, we, see, we see the answer right here in this, in this passage. It says that, you want, we want you to mark this moment, God said, that this may be a sign among you. 
that when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So here's what's happened. God knows, God knows they need to remember this miraculous event, that God needs them to be able to look back on something he's done, a way that he's come through, an opportunity that he took advantage of, and that he wants them to remember it. And, and that's where we get our word memorial from. It's a, something that we remember. So think about this. Maybe, maybe some of you are married. If you're married, raise your hand. Handful in the house. Come on. Some of you guys online, you're married. And so I was at a wedding yesterday with a friend and we had a great celebration. And, and one of the things that happens at a wedding that happened yesterday and at most weddings is that you exchange rings. Okay. And he puts a ring on her finger. She puts a ring on his finger and they make some vows. And, and that, that ring is not just for that moment. That ring is not for just that moment. That ring is for a year from now or five years now or 25 years from now to to remember the commitment and the covenant that we made so we'll know how to respond in every single moment of our marriage. And this is what memorials do. And so God wants us to remember. I wonder what you need to remember today. Like, what do, you, do you need to remember God's faithfulness in your life? Do you need to remember that ultimately things are not in your control? Maybe you need to remember someone who's a neighbor that you need to go help. Like, what is it that you need to remember to change your focus off of the fear and onto living a life of faith? Because how you remember is going to determine how you respond. And here's what God knows. God knows, God knows we're prone to forget. Listen, God knows we are prone to forget. I wonder if you've ever forgotten anything. Did anybody forget that church was online and show up in the parking lot today? <laughs> you know, maybe you did that. Maybe you forgot to set your clock back or forward whenever it was. Maybe you forgot your keys or maybe you forgot your glasses and you're walking around. Where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? And they were right on your face. You ever had that happen? Or maybe you or thought you forgot your phone, forgot your phone, and you were telling somebody you forgot your phone as you were talking on your phone. You know, we, we tend to forget things. And when there's some things that you forget, it, it, it can cause some problems. You know, think about if you forgot your phone. You'd be like Rob. Rob was in a big hurry one morning, and he had a big meeting that was going to mean a lot to his company. And he had planned for it for months. And Rob jumps in the car, and he begins driving down the road only to find out he forgot his phone. And it was too late to turn around and go back home. And so um, he just begins to drive. And as he gets into work and he pulls in, all his coworkers are like, where have you been? We've been trying to contact you. He's like, oh, I left my phone at home. He's like, the meeting's been changed. It's going to be off site. You need to get there. But of course, Rob didn't know because he didn't have his phone. And so Rob has to go and try to find out how to get to the new location because he'd never been there before. But he couldn't because he didn't have his phone. And so Rob has to go old school and get someone to give him directions. And so Rob gets directions and he jumps in his car and he begins to make his way. And as Rob is driving there, he, he's not able to navigate traffic very well. So he gets stuck in traffic because he doesn't have the Waze app that he can count on. And so Rob shows up and he goes in to take notes at this meeting, but he can't take notes because he forgot his phone. And so Rob, as lunch rolls around, he's having a bit of a bad day and he's very discouraged. And so Rob goes to lunch and he pulls out, he wants to pay for lunch with his Apple Pay, but he can't because he forgot his phone. And then Rob finally makes it back to his office. And when he gets back to his office, he wants to call his wife because he doesn't have his phone, but he can't call his wife, not because he has his, doesn't have his phone, but because he doesn't know his wife's phone number because he, it's only in his wife's phone because nobody knows anybody's phone number anymore. And and it goes on. And, and man, think about well, how tragic it is for you to forget your phone. When you forget your phone, you lose access to everything that you depend on. Everything that you depend on. And it's one thing 
to forget your phone. It's another thing to forget God. Here's a sure indicator that you've forgotten God. Fear. Fear is a certain indicator that you've forgotten God. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, that we don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we don't have to live with fear. And so we need to be sure that in times like this, man, we just remember God and all that he's done and be grateful for those things that he's done that we remember. Because how we remember will determine, right, how we respond in the future. You know, God knows some things that we don't know. God knows one thing, that we're prone to forget him. I wonder where your mind has gone to in the last week as we've just seen more information and more information and more information come out. I can remember it was late, I believe last Sunday night, normally when I'm in bed, and they had suspended the NBA season. And I picked up the phone and I called Joey, and he's like, you never call me this late. What happened? And I think it was 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> but I called him, and I was talking to him about this that happened. And, of course, then the NCAA gets canceled, and then the Masters gets moved. And then, like, I wonder what it is that is, has captured your mind this week. Has it been the things that you're going to miss out on? Or, or is it the faithfulness of God that, that will help you know your mindset and how you can combat fear and uncertainty and confusion. Listen, God knows some things we don't know. He knows we'll forget him, but he also knows he's in the middle of it with us. Man, God knows that he's here with us. God knows that because you're not sitting in a room with us right now, right where you are in your circumstance, man, God knows, God knows. And God, there's something that God knows about you too. God knows you're ready. Listen, God knows you're ready to be able to serve, to be able to make a difference. God knows that you're ready and prepared to handle this circumstance. Like one of the things I love about this story about the nation of Israel finally crossing into the promised land is that 40 years before, they, they had this, God released them from slavery and God made them take the long way. There was a shorter route they could have gone to the promised land, but God knew there were some big enemies in the way. They hadn't learned faithfulness to God yet. They hadn't seen him part the Red Sea yet. They hadn't experienced manna from heaven yet. And God knew they needed that experience with him. So God took them for 40 years so that they could learn what it meant to trust him. And he could prove to them how faithful he is. Man, God knew that they were ready to cross the Jordan and that now was the time. And listen, Stone Creek, God knows that we're ready. Listen, beyond didn't take him by surprise. He's not shocked to find us in a generosity initiative, let me tell you. And whatever you're thinking about what we should do, listen, we don't need to stand down. We need to step up. Listen, we don't, this is not a time. This is not a time. This is not a time for us to, to, to hold our ground. It's a time to take new ground. And so wherever you are on the journey, just look at it through those lenses. We need to be inspired today to make a difference. Like how amazing was that text message from the next door app to find someone who's just out there reaching someone. You need to find someone, maybe it's a senior citizen in your neighborhood who could use someone to bring them some groceries. Or maybe it's a kid whose parents have to work and you could provide a place for the kid, their kids to stay. You know, maybe some, you could run to the pharmacy for somebody. Like, what would it look like for us to just lock arms and to serve our community? We're going to be looking for those options as best we can. But also, you may could help us to know some of those options. Love for you to maybe fill out, um, jot down in the comment section of the live stream, some opportunities you know of. When we could just really step in and be the light of Jesus. The early church, when they saw a crisis like this, they didn't step back. Man, they didn't back away. They knew it was an opportunity to jump in, get their hands dirty, and to be the feet and hands of Jesus. So we want to do that. This hasn't taken. God, God knows that we're ready. Listen, God knows that we're ready. Uh, over in um, the primary thing that God knows 
the primary thing he knows we'll forget is we'll forget him, right? God knows that we'll forget him. In, in Joshua chapter 4, verse 24, it says that they did this, they had this memorial so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And he knows that we're just prone to forget God. Like how many times do things start going well for us and we just forget? Like how many times do we get that job we wanted or our kids are kind of in the groove or maybe our marriage is going great and we just kind of forget God. And it's when we face crisis points that we begin to pray a little more. I would venture to say maybe you've prayed more. I know I, know I have. And I would venture to say that you've thought about God more and what God is doing because I, I know I have. And that's what times like this does, because God knows that we're prone to forget God. Why? Because we think life's about us, don't we? We think life's about us. You guys remember when you got your yearbook in high school? Like, what's the, what's the first thing you look for? You look for you, right? You go through, and I look for, man, my class to find my picture in my class. Then I go to the sports teams I was on and the organizations I was in. And then I go look for the candid shots to see if I got any of those, because it makes me feel important. I want to know how many times I'm in there. Then I count up the number of times everybody that I hate's in there to see if I'm in there more than them. Not really, because I don't hate anybody. Remember, I'm a pastor. You guys know this. But we, we use it, and this is how we go through life. We're always looking for our picture. And what if we switched it a little bit, and we didn't look at it like that? What if instead of saying, hey, God, here are my plans. Bless these. God, here's my comfort. Come through for me. God, here's what I want to see happen. Do this. God, here's the Bible. Show me my purpose. And what if we begin to have lenses to look through life for pictures of God? Like even in the middle of these circumstances, when you wake up in the morning and the sun comes up, man, just to be reminded that God is a God of the new and that God wants to bring a new life to us. What if when the sun set in the evening, man, we're just reminded that God wants to give us rest. What if when we sat down to eat, we're grateful for how good it tasted and that we actually thought ahead and planned ahead to have food? Man, what if every time we experienced something, we just began to look for glimpses of God? And every time we saw a need, we didn't look at that. We didn't look at that as a, something that's going to be a problem for us, a nuisance. But we looked at that as an opportunity to shine the light of Jesus. Man, let's don't, let's don't forget God in these moments. You know, no, probably my favorite part of this, of this story is actually in verse 23. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 23 it says, you know, the Lord God did to the Jordan. He parted the Jordan River. He parted the Jordan so that they could, see, they, they could cross over. What he did to the Jordan, what he had already done to the Red Sea. You see, God had parted the Red Sea 40 years earlier. God, what he did at the Jordan was a fresh expression of what he did at the Red Sea. And I believe this is what God wants to do in our own lives. He says, what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we, we had crossed over. And so what we see is that sometimes we think God's done. Sometimes our circumstances and the chaos, the questions that we have, and the unknowns of the future cause us to think that, that God's done, that God's not involved, that God's not interested, that God doesn't care. But God is always a God of the new. And God's always a God of the new. This didn't take him by surprise. You know, the Jordan River, it couldn't stop him. The Red Sea couldn't stop him. A grave couldn't stop him. The resurrection of Jesus proves to us that God wants to grant us new life and continually 
grant us new life. Listen, this is the God that we serve. And I don't know where you find yourself. I, no doubt there's some of the hundreds of people that are listening to my voice right now. Maybe you tuned in just because you had some questions and what's God up to and who is God and who is this Jesus that you talk about and what's my place and all that. I just want to tell you there's a God who loves you deeply and he's orchestrating your life right now so you can meet him. And God sent his son, Jesus, so that we could have access to our heavenly father. And when we turn our eyes towards him and follow him, we get that new life that we see proven through the resurrection. Listen, let's remember today. Let's remember there's a God who's good and a God who loves us and a God who came for us. You know, we get locked out of so many things in life. We lose access to so many things in life. You know, um, I don't know if you ever, maybe you forgot your keys, you couldn't get in your house, or maybe you forgot the code to get in your car. You know, I, I, I've, there have been times when I've forgotten certain things like that. And, you know, I have a lock here that, you know, I use when I go to the gym. I like to go to the gym sometimes. Um, <laughs> and so when I go to the gym, I have this lock that I've had for probably 10 years. And there was this one time that, man, I couldn't remember I couldn't remember a combination. For whatever reason, my brain just skipped a beat, and I couldn't remember. It's probably because I worked out so hard. I couldn't remember. Um, I couldn't catch my breath. And so I couldn't remember, and I lost access. And I wonder how many times this happens in our lives. You know, when we forget something God has done, and we lose access. You know, maybe you've forgotten that marriage that God restored. You know, maybe you've forgotten that health problem God has lifted you through. Maybe you forgot that tragedy that God was there in the midst of. Maybe you forgot the time you were lonely and God showed up. And what's happened in all our forgetting is that we forget God. But what if today you could remember? What if the simple word for today is just to remember God? You know, what if you remembered today his faithfulness and the fact that he promises not to leave us or forsake us? What if you remember that he was with you through every valley, through every fire, through every storm? What if you remembered the work that Jesus did for us? Man, you could, your life could be unlocked for access to God today. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to feel like you don't know where to turn. There is a God who desperately loves you. And maybe today you need access to him. You know, what the Bible teaches and what we've experienced and what so many other hundreds of people have experienced at Stone Creek is that when we orient our life around Jesus, that he grants us access to life, that we get a new life. We don't live in fear anymore. We live in peace. We don't live in, with anxiety. We live in confidence. We don't live wondering where to go, but we live knowing where to turn every day of our lives. And we would love for you to experience that today. And one of the ways that you're going to be able to do that is just because you're not here doesn't mean God is not there. Man, God is with you everywhere. And God is with you at the coffee shop. God's with you in your den. God's with you in your car. Wherever you are listening to my words, God is with you. And if you will pray in your own heart and say, God, I want to follow you. God, I want access. God will open up the door for you to have access for him. So I would love to lead you in that prayer. So if we would, let's bow our heads together wherever you are. Let's bow our heads together and let me lead you in a prayer so that you can experience what it means to have access to God. So God, we just are in such an unusual season, but God, I know you want to use it for your glory. And I know in the middle of all this, you're drawing people to yourself. You're drawing us closer to you. You're drawing people who don't know you into, into life and into access 
to the kingdom of God. You know, today, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have access to God, if you don't have that place to turn, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that can really help you experience what it looks like to have supernatural life. Dear God, I've made life about me, and I need to make it about you. I trust that Jesus forgave me of my sins to give me access to God. I will follow him for the rest of my life. You know, and the Bible says that when you do that, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away, new things have come. And I want to help you this morning, not to, for it to be some decision made out of emotion, but to mark the moment. And one of the ways that we mark the moment when we're in the room is that, is that we raise our hand just to celebrate and to say, I surrender my life to Jesus. And so I want to help you do that right where you are. I don't care where you are. It doesn't matter. God sees you. And if you, want, if you prayed that prayer with me and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm just going to encourage you to raise your hand in the air. And when you do, we're going to all celebrate here. And if you're with someone who raises their hand, you be sure to be the loudest voice in that room. On the count of three, let's raise your hand if you committed that today. One, two, three. In the air. Let's go. Come on. I just have to believe that God's doing that everywhere. We're so grateful uh, for you tuning in today and, and being a part of what we believe God's going to use to bring himself glory and to do something beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. That's what we believe today. So let me close us in prayer. God, we're grateful um, to have the ability through technology to be able to listen to your words taught, to be able to worship, to be able to pray, to be able to experience community in a virtual way today, God. We know that you work through all different technologies and methods, God, that you're not locked into one, and if one gets shut down, you'll open up another one and create one. So we're just grateful for that. Lord, I pray for those whose lives have been changed. I ask you, God, to step in right now and remove their fear, remove their anxiety, remove their confusion, and help them know they have a place to turn. We're grateful. God, help us as a church to make a difference. Help us not to circle the wagons, God, but help us to find places where we can go and we can tell people about a God who loves them deeply. And we pray in Jesus' name and everybody everywhere said amen. amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. If you raise your hand today, we would love to be able to send you some information. You can find the link in the comments section. You can link through and get some information about some next steps that you should take as you mark that moment today to live a life of faith. You know, we're a church that doesn't believe just in attendance, but we believe in equipping. And we want to put some tools in your hands that will help you navigate a life of faith. Also, we want to be sure that you give online. You know, just because you're not here doesn't mean that church isn't happening and we don't have a mission to accomplish. And we need everybody to lean in right now. And maybe you've never given or never given online. We just encourage you to automate what's important and to continue to give so that our mission continue to go forward. Also, I want to encourage you to live on mission this week. Look for someone that you can help. Ask questions in your neighborhood. Begin to email people. Talk to people. Ask questions so that you can find some places where you can make a difference. And so we would love to be able to hear those stories. Thanks again so much. We're so glad you were with us today. And we look forward to seeing you online next Sunday.